If you have fallen asleep at 7.30 on a Friday night, you might be a teacher. Teaching is crazy, fun, exhausting, challenging, rewarding, and did I mention crazy? And as Catholic school teachers, we are also entrusted with imbuing Catholic identity. It's a huge responsibility, but fortunately for us, there is Finding God, the amazing K-8 faith formation program from Loyola Press. It's innovative, engaging, and the most inclusive and complete program we've ever used. Multimedia? Check. Scripture? Check. Family resources? Check. Bilingual? Check. And don't forget, posters, worksheets, quick start guides, apps, magazines, lesson plans. Seriously, Finding God has all you need and more. Pray about it. Visit FindingGod.com and order a sample. Finding God might not help you stay awake later on a Friday night, but it will help you sleep better knowing you're helping guide kids toward a faith-filled life. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Yesterday, the bell rang on us, Colleen, and the conversation <laughs> wasn't over. So we're talking about... Uh, you need to tune into yesterday's if you missed it, because this isn't going to make a whole lot of sense. But that's what happens in the teacher's lounge. People say, wait, 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 I was absent yesterday. What were you, what are you talking about? Um, and we were talking about classroom management, classroom behaviors, and what all of that actually means when you peel back the onion and go a layer deep. And Colleen has a bit of an answer to our problems of yesterday, which is like, what are you supposed to do? So... <laughs> Colleen, back to you. <laughs> so, yeah, sadly, the answer is there is no magic wand like to, to solve this oh, immediate problem. Man. Like, I know people are like waiting. They're like going to tune in and be like, oh, my gosh, she has an answer. Okay, but here's the answer. It is excellent tier one instruction. And what that means, nice. Jill, is that you... We're just talking about in the in the last oh my gosh I think when we broke conversation you were talking about your background in curriculum and so anytime there's a problem you want to solve it through the lens of curriculum well let's look at what's happening in lesson planning let's look at your curriculum design um, yes. yes and that is one piece of it but what tier one instruction means is that that's the instruction that everyone in the classroom is receiving whether they need a, need behavior interventions or they need academic interventions or they you know um, go out of the room for uh, with the reading specialist or whatever it is. Tier one instruction is the instruction that the classroom teacher is giving to everybody that is supposed to be reaching 80 to 85% of the students. And so it okay. absolutely has to be excellent tier one instruction. And that includes excellent curriculum, lesson planning design. It mm -hmm. also includes an understanding of excellent behavior management systems. And so and so what that means is if you're going to make sure that 80 to 85% of your students are being reached by the lesson that you're planning, you have all of those things in mind. So the way I'm designing my lesson is going to ensure that it is brain friendly, that it is going to allow students to be able to get up and move a little bit. I, you know, I did a little experiment this year, and I might have said this before. I did a little experiment this year where whenever I was in classrooms, I would time how long kids were actually able to sit still. And oh, yeah, we've talked about this. We've yeah, talked about yeah. that, right? 17 minutes was the magic number. Like you're you're going to lose your students after 17 minutes. And you may have mm -hmm. a 
few students who are going to be able to hang on who have an incredible attention span and can sit and listen or, you know, focus, whatever. But I'm talking like second grade, fifth grade classrooms, middle school classrooms. After 17 minutes, you don't have everybody's attention anymore. So if your tier Mm -hmm. one instruction is not um, designed to do something for 17 minutes and then have a shift, a significant shift in what's happening in the classroom, you're going to start seeing behaviors and you're going Mm -hmm. to start losing your students and and then your, your tier one starts to fizzle. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And so if incredible lesson design happens, uh, when you are paying attention to how many transitions, how long the transitions are, and um, that you have enough to do, like so, and this we are guilty of this in secondary. In secondary, let me sure. just say it. Yep. High school mm-hmm. teachers are terrible at this, myself included. Where you thought it would take the whole hour, and it doesn't. Yeah. So suddenly there's like 15 minutes left, and you're like, "Well, we're done for the day, so you can start your homework." No, that's you've completely lost them. That's where the chaos comes in. That's mm-hmm. where kids don't know how to behave because they needed the break. You probably didn't pace yourself through that hour, which is how you ended up with 15 minutes at the end. Right. They needed a, a discussion halfway through. They needed something interactive, some group work halfway through the hour so that you could get them all the way to that bell. So we get better at this when we examine ourselves and when we write our lesson plans with an amount of time. I'm going to spend five minutes on this and 10 minutes on this and 12 minutes on this and they're going to get a 90 second break. Like you have to do your lesson plans in a way that gets you all the way through your time frame um, with that variability in there and then go back and say, why was this an awesome day of learning? Well, it's because I designed it differently. Mm -hmm. So these behaviors don't come out every day. If they do, you have some significant lesson plan design to differently. And I know there's someone listening who's rolling their eyes like, oh, but you haven't met, Mm -hmm. you know, you haven't (laughs) met my student. You know, you, you don't know what you're, but it's, and it's true. Like, I mean, this is why we need the teacher's lounge to bounce ideas Mm -hmm. about individual student behaviors, because there's probably something about that student that you, that you misunderstand or a group of you misunderstand. Um, but the answer's out there and that's the, that's the win. We've all had the moment where like, oh, I finally understand why he needs something different. Or if he goes for a bathroom break, he comes back and he's ready to do this. Like whatever it is that kid needed, we got to think about lesson design, but then we got to go back to what Colleen was saying yesterday about how we also need to examine the behaviors and the why behind the behaviors. That's funny. There was a particular fifth grade classroom that I visited numerous times this year, and there there was a student who each time, and you know, honestly, the teacher actually was doing a good job of. Um, rotating the students, but I think she had them on like 20 minute rotations or 22 minute rotations. It was just a little bit too long. And so around the 14 or 15 minute mark, I would start to see him start to, you know, move around fidget a little bit. He would always get up. He would have to take a walk, but he didn't need more than, you know, a minute, minute and a half before he could come back and then like endure the rest of it, you know? (laughs) So it was just a little bit too long. Well, Colleen, we used to self-regulate by sharpening our pencil. Like if I was about to fall asleep or I knew my stomach was going to growl or something, mm-hmm. I'd get up and sharpen my pencil. But right now I'm, you know, I'm in high school. We all have iPads. They're not walking around with pencils. They're walking around with their iPads. You don't need to sharpen your iPad. Maybe you need to charge it. <laughs> you get up to charge your <laughs> iPad. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we have done a couple of different episodes where like I go back to the Rachel Gavin episode back in December where I was talking about how she, and she's a junior high teacher, but this applies.
applies to high school too, where you can chunk your lesson. And she chunked it so beautifully. And it was probably like 12 to 15 minute segments of, you know, it wasn't station rotation necessarily, like in the way that we've talked about station rotation, because that looks different with junior high and high school. But the way Mm -hmm. she chunked her lesson, it was the most excellent, um, lesson design, honestly, that, that I, I've seen all year. And if if we could just um, chunk lessons that way, instead of, you know, a, trying to sustain, um, you know, one, one activity throughout, we're, we're going to lose the students. So um, thinking about lesson design that way would be awesome. We also need to do front loading, though, of, of some of those skills. So you were talking about, like, break it up with what did you say? Break it up with some group work. Okay. Let's, I don't know that we've actually done a full episode on group work, but no, but let's put what? that as a placeholder. Cause if you are a traditional or you see yourself as a traditional secondary teacher and you're, and mm-hmm. it's fine. Like if you're just, if you're wired to give a lecture and teach directly and then students start to do work and that's always been your thing, it's it, just add something in the middle, add something in the middle mm-hmm. you haven't tried before because you already have a plan for what you'll do for the second half. You know that that's whatever you normally do. So if you're going to try something crazy, try it early in your hour, see how much time it takes, and then you'll still have enough to do to get to the end of the hour. But these are the little things we have to push ourselves. It's hard to get into a comfort zone and then complain about classroom management or complain about student behavior. But in reality, we got to, you know, we need each other in the teacher's lounge. And this is why it's always good a conversation. And so ask your fellow teachers in the teacher's lounge, how do you prepare your students for group work? How do you teach your students explicitly about these particular communication skills? How do you develop processes at the very beginning of the year? Because if you're not front loading those processes and start teaching those explicit, those skills explicitly from the beginning of the year, you will... As, as the year goes on, you're going to see more behaviors. You're going to have more difficulty. You'll have more difficulty with transitions. You'll have more difficulty with group work. So you've got to explicitly teach all of those things and front load it from the beginning to mitigate behaviors yeah. as the year goes on. And you're always going to have those outlier students. I don't, I don't want to downplay that. You are always going to have, um, you know, a, that, that one challenging student that you've, you feel like you've tried everything with. Keep asking your peers. Have people come in your classroom and observe and give you feedback, and we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> figure yeah, it out totally. together. And this in the is the time lounge. of year. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the time of year to reflect on the year. Like how goodness, if I were to start over with them, what what different procedure would I have had, or what would I have done differently? Because now's our time before it, before it leaves our brain for the summer to think through this, so that we start fresh and um, with new things in place. Hey, so, I do have one more concrete example. Can I? Can I give sure. it before you sure. come? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I know we're running out of time, so I'll make it real quick. So the, I was in a classroom recently where there was a, there was a blurter. We were, I think we were talking about blurting um, yeah, in the blurting. last episode. Okay. So there was, there was, he was like a master blurter and um, a huge class, like 28 kids in the class and it's junior high. And the teacher is trying to teach this lesson and it's a little bit chaotic. And there's one kid in the front, he knows all the answers. He's like saying things before the teacher's even saying them. So afterward, when I was debriefing with the teacher, he's like, seriously, like, what do I do with him? And I said, here's what I saw. I saw that you were struggling with technology and he was struggling with maintaining focus and not blurting out. And he was having a lot of trouble sitting still. Why don't you let him stand in the back of the classroom and run your technology so that you can teach the lesson? 
Exactly. Oh, I love that. Oh, that also Game builds changer. loyalty between that that teacher and and that student. So put them in charge of something. Always put them in charge of something. Okay. All right. So let's. Love that. All right. Thanks for the energy boost. <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. We love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in. Tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas. We'll see you next time.